Louisiana. Murder on the beat. Welcome to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, July the 19th. I'm your host, Donald Ware. Uh, we're going to get things started off with Edward Waters today as a matter of fact. And joining us on the line is the head football coach at Edward Waters, Greg Ruffin. And I tell you what, if it's anybody that's in the right position to be at Edward Waters right now, it is Greg Ruffin. They are in transition, meaning... They are about to build a new stadium. The football program has been around for a long time, so they're doing some really good things. And prior to coming to, uh, as a matter of fact, to Edward Waters, he was at Bethune-Cookman, also had stops um, at Benedict, was the head football coach at Shaw, was also the head football coach at Payne, and for a while was also at Jackson State as an assistant coach. And when Jackson State, as a matter of fact, won the SWAC championship uh, back in two thousand. Seven, I think I got all of that right. What's going on, Coach Ruffin? Good. How you doing, Donald? Man, I'm doing great. It's been a while, man. It's great to talk with you, and I, I really want to start here. Um, you know, you, you've been doing this a while, and, I mean, in terms of building programs, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's anybody better that's been where a program has had nothing and has tried to build those programs. What made Edward Waters the right job for you? Well, you know, they brought football back to Edward Waters in 2001. Uh, of course, uh, being the head coach at Shaw in 2002 and uh, getting that program up and running, uh, you know, we had a chance to play them in their second year of football. And, you know, we, we lost to them. And, and they, they had some athletes early on uh, when they, in the inception of the program. And I just think that, you know, it's, but it kind of got stuck in the mud after about a, a six or seven years up and running. And, and I, I think, you know, with the city allocating $8.4 million in terms of, Redoing uh, what the dorm, which most of the student athletes, uh, upper class in the stay in, uh, you know, 4.5 million is committed to uh, doing the, the doing the uh, dorm Tiger Landing, uh, and then we took over James Weldon Johnson Middle School that really sit adjacent to our campus, and just being able to say, hey, you know, what, 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 you know, I kind of analyzed it and said, why haven't they been good? You know, what, what, they're sitting in Jacksonville, you're in Florida, you're, you're, you're 30 minutes from the Georgia border, you know, wh- you know, why hadn't they been good? And I think the biggest thing was, you know, they've been a migrant program, you know, in terms of, you know, having to play at this high school, that high school, that high school. You know, we were – they were in a trailer, you know, that you started the program in 2001, and the locker rooms were in a trailer. And they, they, they just, you know, acquiring the school now. We have a whole wing that we just transformed uh, that fits in the end zone, transformed into a football facility and so now we're starting to have things. We're starting to have some eye candy. Uh, you know, with the city giving us the other $4 it's going to go towards the stadium. It'll seat roughly around 3,000 people, turf, lights, the whole nine yards. So, so you know, getting the program now with all the newness. You know, we got a new president coming in, Dr. Zachary Faison, uh, that's coming in from uh, Tuskegee University. So, I mean, you know, we have a lot going for us now. I mean, if there was ever a time, uh, you know, for this program to be set up to be successful, I think the time is now. And, uh, you know, I've started up three programs, and I've never caught a program, you know, that's going to have as much traction as I'm going to have within the next six to eight months. Man, that is absolutely outstanding. So tell us how, you know, how things work on the NAIA level as opposed to, say, NCAA when you're talking about recruiting scholarship dollars, et cetera. Well, it's pretty much like it is on the Division II level, but uh, here's the difference. Uh, you know, 
Division two, the maximum amount of scholarships you can give is thirty six. So it's thirty six course time, whatever, whatever the full price of going to school there, and you multiply. Let's say it costs twenty thousand dollars. You multiply twenty thousand times thirty six, and that's the maximum amount of aid you have in a pot that you can divvy up amongst however many athletes you want to bring in. And of course, you know you're packaging certain kids and things like that using financial aid, different grants, and, and, and things like that. So each gift kids may get a different package based on need or based on on what the coach coach wants to give him. I mean, can you give a kid a full ride? Yeah, but I mean, it eats up your budget a little bit. But I mean, if he's a stud, you can you tend to you know when a step out, you won't have as many kids. But you can package kids with that financial aid where they're still in a sense where they're not pocketing their pill and things like that, but they're not taking out loans either. So uh, that, that's generally how it works. Another thing with the NAIA is, is uh, you know, like I said, it's 24 and 36 uh, for Division Two, And then and then the deal is uh, with, with, with NAIA uh, in, in Division Two, you know, of course the NCAA, when you travel in postseason, the NCAA, your, your, your postseason is paid for by – the NC2A, where we're just adopting that model in NAI. Normally what happened in NAI is if a team went to postseason, if you didn't budget for that, then, you know, since your school kind of scrambling in a way because now you, you've allocated for, for for going to the playoffs or you didn't allocate it for it, and then next thing you go to the first round, you got to come up with ten to 15000 the next round. Whereas And that's why a lot of teams got out of the NCAA division, I mean, NAI Division One and went NC2A was because of the postseason expenditures that they couldn't budget for. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But 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 other but other than that, I think NAI football and Division Two football at the at the highest level and if you look at the top twenty five poll and the top twenty five poll in Division Two, I think I think it, it pretty it runs pretty 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 much the same in terms of some of your talented teams. That the voice of Greg Ruffin, he is the new head football coach at Edward Waters. He joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Um, so talk to me a little bit, Coach Ruffin, about personnel. Who are some of the guys um, that you're expecting big things from this upcoming season? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much too early to tell. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because, you know, we, we're only bringing about, back about 20 to 25 kids from the program. You know, when I got there in January, we had 81 uh, after those early five o'clock in the morning workouts, it trickled down to about fifty-six, and then after after spring ball, you know we we you know we settled on a good twenty-five core guys to bring back. So we're going to have anywhere from seventy-five to eighty new football players. Uh, we'll be a young football team, you know, but we got about six, seven transfers. And Donald, you know how I am about getting those transfers. We got about six, seven guys that we think that can make a difference, uh, and and uh, and pairing them with some of those younger guys that are. Very, very, very talented. I mean, uh, we we weren't very good. I mean, I'm taking over the ten football program, so the onus was on getting some kids in here that had size, that could run, and, and, and were tough. I mean, and what I want to do is I want to be a big, long football team that has a lot of toughness, and that's that's what you know we're going to hitch our wagon to tough kids and tough guys. Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you know, tough guys can get you out of some bad situations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You, you know, it's interesting. I look at the schedule, and I know that Edward Waters is is newer uh, to this Mid South Conference, and I guess more specifically in the Sun Division, which is a move from the Sun Conference. But traditionally, 
And to your point, when you were at various schools and playing against Edward Waters, Edward Waters would play against traditional HBCUs. Not so much the case this year, although you do play North Carolina Central for their homecoming. Is that something that you would like to see changed? Yeah, and that's and that's something that our administration is looking at. You know, once again, you know, that's above my high my pay grade, but uh, but I do know and and having convers- casual conversation uh, with my boss, that's something that uh, we think that our our institution and our our, our peer we want to play our peer institutions a little bit more. You know, uh, playing in the Sun Conference, we're locked into ten games, which only gives us an opportunity to play one out of conference game. You know. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, last year they played Alabama State University on their homecoming in Turkey Day Classic. And of course, we'll be going to Durham to play North Carolina Central on their homecoming this year. Uh, we we think as 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 an institution that going forward uh, that we'd like that like to uh, play more schools, you know, that are uh, of like you know like ideas, like traditions, and things of that nature. And uh, that's something that we'll sort out going forward. You know, as you know, our president comes in, uh, Dr. Exactly Faison. Uh, on the 14th of July, those are some of the issues that he he'll be looking at and and where where to take the school, you know, going forward as it relates to what's what's good for Ever Waters going forward. You know, as an assistant coach, you were with Rick Comagy for quite some time there at Tuskegee for a little bit, and then at Jackson State, where you guys ultimately won the SWAC championship in 2007. What was it like um, coaching? With him, and then you guys ultimately winning that championship with Jackson State in 2007. Well, I think the biggest thing, you know, uh, you know, when I looked at as, as I talk about my 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 part of that, uh, you know, one thing, you know, we were very good at Tuskegee. Uh, you know, of course, we left Tuskegee and they won four SIC championships after we left. Left, you know, uh, Coach Slater and of course my cousin, Coach Ruffin, was the defensive coordinator there, who's at Miles College now. Uh, having success and done a great job over there. I think the biggest thing was, you know, it was the recruiting. I had, I had the privilege of serving as the uh, recruiting coordinator for Coach Cummins for a period of seven years. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing was just identifying guys that could come in and, and that were the right fit. I think a lot of times, you know, people go out and they recruit certain athletes to their program and and, and it's not necessarily the right fit. You know, uh, you know, one of the things that we did when we got in there over a period of two years, we had 21 transfers, you know, and we had over three, you know, three guys that had played at least three or four more, four years in the NFL, you know, with the with the, uh, with the uh, Marcus Bernard who played for Cleveland and, and Arizona, Dominique Johnson who was a Mizzou transfer, started at cornerback for us, you know, played for the Giants, the Redskins, uh, you know, and, and so so you know the biggest thing was, you know, we just didn't go after kids to go after. One thing that I noticed that, you know, what was happening is. Once we got past year two and we had won a championship, it started to get like if Jackson State said they was recruiting a kid or a kid told them, hey, Jackson State's recruiting me, everybody else offered them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so that just tells me that we were on to something. We did a good job identifying what was good for us. And I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, as it relates to where we're going and what we're trying to do here in Jacksonville is, you know, when I took the job, I made the statement that I want OKGs. I want our kind of guys, you know. You know, I'm not interested in who I was recruiting a kid. I just want to know can the kid play for me, and can the kid help me beat those in you know, schools that I know I'm gonna have to go against perennially in the league and out of the league. And if we step out and play a money game, you know, do we have some tough kids who you know that's gonna put us in a position where you know we play a money game and hey, 
we may just get out of there alive, you know, and that's what we're trying to look at, you know. We don't want to just be able to bring kids in and play a money game and say, well, you know, we got 50000 to play this team, 75. I want to build a one A caliber football team. You haven't been at the Bethune-Cookman, haven't coached at Texas Southern, haven't coached at Jackson State and had a hand, you know, in doing so at those programs, you know, just briefly at Bethune. But at the end of the day, you know, I would like to think that I know what it looks like, you know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, as long as we stick to that, we'll be fine. And believe it or not, we've got those type of kids in this initial recruiting class. You know, we got some kids that we probably had no business getting. And I think it's because, you know, we just sold them on where we're going with it. Hey, new stadium's going up. This is going up. We sold them on the newness. We sold them on, hey, what we're going to establish. You know, are we a traditionally uh, 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 one of the mainstays in black college football that people talk about? No. But how can we get there? And that's the goal. We got a plan how to get there. And, and, and that plan is in motion, you know. No question about it. Greg Ruffin joining us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, the head football coach at Edward Waters. Last two thoughts, Coach Ruffin. Why did it not work out? It seemed like things were going in your favor and and Payne was really trying to get something done, kind of establishing that program. It was going to be a program that was going to be established, I guess, really no on-the-field play, at least for a year, maybe two. And then all of a sudden, it just sort of fell apart. What, What happened there? Well, the biggest thing is when I took that job uh, in terms of where we were from an accreditation standpoint, we were on warning with the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, you know, know, which is SACS. And uh, what happened was we went from warning uh, to probation and then probation again until them recommending that the program, recommending that the college uh, uh, have their uh, accreditation rescinded. And what happened was, uh, I mean, you know, and, they're, and now they're still operating right now with their SACS accreditation because they filed a court injunction to stop them, stop SACS from being able to take it from them. And so they're in some legal legal uh, 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 deal there, you know, in terms of, uh, how, you know, I guess they got to go to court or whatever. But on the football side, you know, the administration, they just thought it was best to, to stop the program. And, and, I, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. My president, you know, he 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 resigned, and, and my AD he left and went to Clayton State, and uh, you know, basically, you know, my vice president got fired. So everybody that had something to do with football coming to pain were gone except me. And so, you know, those were the people that brought me there. And I think I think I think the moniker that was out there was that the school mortgage they mortgaged the school for football, and that, and, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because. That couldn't be no more further from the truth. They were, you know, it was like they spent a million dollars on football. But yeah, but the average person doesn't know. I brought 160 student athletes there. We brought 3.1 million dollars in financial aid there. You get what I'm saying? So if yeah. you really look at it, they really should have brought football there about five to ten years sooner than what they actually did. And they may not have had the, the issues that they had later on down the road because, you know, it, you know, it was some opinions in the room there, and, and I was associate athletic director there. And, you know, I wasn't even privy to know, even knowing that they were going to drop football, and I was the associate AD. That's, that's how secretive it was, you know what I'm saying? So, so I mean, it was, it was kind of uh, disheartening. Uh, I mean, you know, we went 3-1 and one the first year when we started up the program with an abbreviated season. In the next year, you know, we started the program out in the SIAC. We lose the first game by five and shorter. We lose the second game by four. We lose the third game by three. We lose the fourth game by two. 
we threw a pick six, six weeks in a row. So we won two games, and then once we got it together, of course, we beat Edward Waters 38-14 to on homecoming. And then we beat uh, my former offensive coordinator that I worked with at Jackson State and Tuskegee, James Woody, at Benedict. Uh, we beat them pretty good the last game of the season. So so we were on to something. And I'm, I'm telling you, we you know we sent six kids to Bethune-Cookman, who, and five of them started the next year, and they win uh, the uh, MEAC championship in uh, Terry Sims' first year after uh, Brian uh, Jenkins uh, had gone on to Alabama State. So, And we sent kids to over 31 schools. We were on to something, and I, and I think I think the biggest thing that I'll say, this past year we had over 41 kids off the 2014 team graduate from other institutions. So, you know, we, we had a good thing going, but I tell you what, having been the head coach at Texas College, uh, where I had no resources after being the head coach at Payne, having been at Shaw, where I had some resources, but to a certain extent, you know, having not having any, you know, having to practice in the city park and and having to play in, a, in another stadium on game day, you know, having gone to Texas College, you know, not having resources. Being where I am now, it's kind of like a culmination of all the jobs that I've had, and I get a chance to do it over over again, just a, just a better way. And I think my past experiences lends itself to how successful that we can be going forward and we can be, you know, pretty good sooner rather than later. Very, very well said. Lastly, of course, you played your college football uh, at Lane, was a fullback, and then uh, you also, uh, as, as the fullback, paved the way for the late Fred Lane Jr., who went on to have a very successful career, as a matter of fact, with the Carolina Panthers. What do you remember most about those days at Lane? Well, I mean, you know, the biggest thing was, I think, you know, when you look at some of the jobs I've had, it kind of goes back to, to what I saw as a player. When I got to Lane College, they hadn't won a football game in six years. And uh, basically, I transferred there from the United, from, from a branch of the United States Military Academy, Wentworth Military, out of Lexington, Missouri. And uh, it was one of those situations where they said, we're going to redo the football program. They brought in 100 new players. They only kept about 15 guys off the previous team. Kind of sounds like what I'm doing now, huh? You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. And, and the first year we won one game. The second year we were three and eight, but the year we were we were three and eight, we lost out of those eight games. We lost five games by a total of nine points. And then my senior year in '95, we went nine and one to the to the point we beat three one double A football games. I mean teams and walked into North Carolina A and T and beat North Carolina A and T in 1995. And we're talking uh, Lane College at the time with an enrollment of about 700 students. So you know, as I sell my dream, as I, as I sell what we're trying to do at Edward Waters, the one thing that I try to tell these kids, I know it could be done. I've done it as a player. You see what I'm saying? And that's and that's that's what minus half the resources or two-thirds of the resources that we're working with now. So it can be done. I think the biggest thing is, you know, we just got to establish an identity as to who we are, you know, and what we are and where we want to be going forward. And, you know, and when people play Edward Waters, you know, when you know, we lose a draw, what what are, what are people saying about us? Hey man, they're gonna hit you in the mouth. Hey, got they're tough and they got some guys that can run and and they're gonna be a disciplined football team. And those are the things that we're shooting for as we move this program forward. Again, very enthusiastic as the new head football coach at Edward Waters is Greg Ruffin as the Tigers are going to open the season uh, at home on August 25th against St. Andrews. 
Greg Ruffin joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Ruffin, we appreciate the time, man. We look forward to talking with you uh, during the season. Thank you, and Good luck to you guys. Edward Waters, head football coach. Greg Ruffin joining us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. So you heard from Coach Ruffin and what to expect from Edward Waters, not only for the 2018 season, but looking forward with respect to the football program at Edward Waters, which has been around since around 2001, 2002, when they brought football back after a after their last season of football, which was 1967. So that's going to wrap it up for today's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. And again, we're doing this Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday, over the next 10 weeks, all 50 HBCU football playing institutions are going to be previewed on tomorrow, Wednesday. We're taking a look at the Texas College Steers, and we're going to have a conversation with their head football coach, Charles Moss. I'm Donald Ware saying have a great while I'm coming up the court fully drenched Here goes some hater rain, get your thirst quenched Style doing him in this bird very trench These birds copy every word, every inch But gang gang got the hammer and the wrench I pull up in that quarter milli off the lot Oh now she trying to be friends like I forgot Show off my diamonds like I'm signed by the rock